All right. Well, um, welcome back to our little podcast where we um, go through the home group material. Um, this is week three um, in the book of Proverbs, and we're looking at emotions this week. Um, I'm going to begin just by reading a, an excerpt from uh, Ray Orland's commentary on what uh, Proverbs, uh, how it orients us to, to uh, emotions and um, what it teaches us about God and um, his emotional life. Um, this is him writing, In the book of Proverbs, God our Father is coaching us in strategies for newness of life. What does gospel newness look like specifically and practically? including our emotions. And why not emotions? God is emotional. Look at Jesus. He was God among us, and he was emotional. He had to be emotional. Emotion is part of humility. Jesus did not stand aloof, but got involved. One of the ideals of the Stoics was apatheia, freedom from the turbulence of emotion, living above all that. Jesus would have failed as a Stoic. The Bible says, Surely he has borne our griefs and sorrows. He entered in wholeheartedly to redeem our fallen emotions. So Orland is saying that God reveals um, in Christ that he is emotional, that he does get involved. And when you read the Gospels, they're full of examples of Christ demonstrating intense emotions. We see his compassion when he looks at the rich young man and loves him. Uh, We see him weeping over the death of his friend Lazarus. We see other emotions too, like anger. Maybe these make us a little less comfortable. Jesus gets angry at the Pharisees. Um, Mark 3 says he looks around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. He gets visibly irritated with his disciples when they try to make the children go away. So Jesus gets angry. But we also see Jesus suffering. And of course, with suffering comes all sorts of emotions. The Bible describes him as a man of sorrows in Isaiah 53. In the Garden of Gethsemane, prior to his death on the cross, he sweats drops of blood as his mind and body break under the prospect of suffering the Father's wrath through death on a cross. But Jesus also experiences great joy. The book of Hebrews says that Jesus endures the cross for the joy set before him. And Luke records him rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. As Ortland summarizes this kind of overview uh, or, the, or the emotional landscape of Jesus that we see in the Gospels, um, he says, Jesus does not give us an emotionless ethic. He came to give us the fullness of joy. He did not come into this world with a burning sense of wrong, but with a happy sense of mission. And he lived in close fellowship with God all the way. Jesus lived for us, in our place, the perfect human life, with every emotion in close alignment with the heart of God. And here in the book of Proverbs, we have his wisdom for our emotions, our squally emotions, our negative emotions, our dead emotions, our distorted emotions, our upset emotions, and our excessive emotions. Of course, Jesus was also sinless. That means that each emotional experience and every expression of that emotion was always precisely attuned to reality and perfectly imaged to God in every respect. Of course, we're not sinless. And that raises the question of how sin uh, relates to our emotions. And no doubt sin does affect 
the intensity of our emotions so that we don't feel as we should feel. Maybe we feel too strongly or we don't feel strongly enough. Um, sin affects our emotions in all kinds of ways. But it might be better to shift the emphasis of that question, the question of how sin affects our emotions, to, to kind of shift the emphasis a little and ask instead, how do our emotions function as a window into our heart? As Dan Allender and Trimper Longman write in uh, the book they co-authored, Emotions, the Cry of the Soul. Here's what they say about, when, uh, about emotions as a window into the soul or the heart. Nothing illuminates the ruling passions of our heart as dramatically as our emotions. The question, what do I feel, is in fact another way of asking, who am I? What direction am I moving in? Am I moving toward God or away from Him? Am I turning to God with all ingratitude or away from Him with, uh, toward false gods of my own making? Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. To understand our deepest passions and convictions, we must learn to listen to the cry of the soul. And so they're saying we must listen to our emotions. In other words, uh, as one author puts it, we have to practice compassionate curiosity about what we're feeling. That means we don't disregard or ignore our emotions. It means we don't suppress our emotions by immediately condemning them as suspect before we've actually listened to them, right? You can't listen to what you can't hear. And so we listen closely and carefully and sufficiently to our emotions before we pass judgment. Um, we have to patiently attend to what we feel and consider what our emotions reveal about our story, our heart, about our body, um, and also about our relationships to the people around us. Um, to others, uh, but also to God. And so as we look at what Proverbs teaches us about various emotions, fear, anger, jealousy, joy, um, keep in mind, what, where do I uh, resonate with what, what Proverbs teaches? Um, what particular emotions do, do I struggle with or do I struggle to control? And um, what do these emotions reveal about my heart, my soul, about my, my movement um, toward God or away from Him. And so you're going to get together with your home groups. Um, I'm not going to read in any of the Proverbs just because there's a number of different categories and it would be too confusing to uh, just to listen to over a podcast. But you'll get together in your home groups and look at a number of Proverbs and what they teach us about um, the wise way to uh, handle our emotions.